So this is week 58 of Bhagavad Gita class, and we're on 18.2. So this was text 13 through 28 of the 18th chapter. And um, one devotee was calling this, uh, actually Prabhupada was calling this uh, sannyasa yoga. So Prabhupada said this is another summary of the, um, of the whole Bhagavad Gita. And um, Arjuna starts the chapter talking about renunciation and what that means. And so Krishna, he gets into really technical, intricate details about knowledge, action, work, what renunciation is, what um, tyaga is, or giving up the fruits of our work. And so he, he concisely and scientifically summarizes the Bhagavad Gita, and then he very uh, astutely and powerfully and so it's like a conclusion of Bhagavad Gita, as we'll see as we reach the end of this chapter. So in doing so, um, he wins us over to his side, to his way of thinking. And that's the beauty of listening with an open heart to Krishna's words, is that he will uh, be able to convince us um, what to do to do our duty. And so, Hare Krishna! Hare Krishna! <laughs> So first, um, list the five causes for the accomplishment of action. Which of these is most important? So without looking, can any of you remember the five causes of action? From memory. I, I don't know if I can remember all five, but maybe you Okay, go ahead. Give it a try. The body uh-huh. endeavors. Yes. Um, the supreme, uh, supreme doer of God. Yes. And let's see if I can remember one more. Um, census, the census? Yes, four or five. Very good. That's all I got. You, the doer. The, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes, very good. So here, uh, the place of action, the body, the performer, the various senses, the many different kinds of endeavor, and ultimately the super soul. These are the five factors of action. So which is most important? So Srila Prabhupada says, but all one's activities depend on the will of the super-soul who is seated within the heart as a friend. The Supreme Lord is a super-cause. Under these circumstances, he who is acting in Krishna, consciousness under the direction of the super-soul situated within the heart is naturally not bound by actions, not bound by any activity. Those in complete Krishna consciousness are not ultimately responsible for their actions. Everything is dependent on the Supreme Will, the super-soul, the Supreme Personality of Godhead. So, um, and then there's some other technical details, and we'll see if we can remember. So what are the impetuses for act- activity? Can you do it without looking? Let's see. <laughs> there's three, right? There's three, right. It's the mind. So knowledge... The knower, which is also you, the soul, and then the object of knowledge. And so if we think of impetus, we think something that impels us to do something. So if you think about you as the the doer, um, you're given knowledge, and then uh, with that knowledge, um, you try to attain an objective. So that objective is the... um, the goal, the object of knowledge. 
So you're the knower, you obtain knowledge, and then with that knowledge, you try to attain the object of knowledge. Um, and so, then Krishna, you know, begins to describe how these work within the modes of nature. And he's already talked about that in detail in the Bhagavad Gita. Uh, we had a whole chapter on the modes of nature. But um, he, again, he concisely and, and in very precise words uh, summarizes um, how these different constituents of action, how these are working. And it's not simply um, happening by chance. Because Krishna's, uh, Arjuna is wondering, um, how can I, how can I uh, be detached from the fruits? How can I be in this stage of sannyas, or not working for sense gratification? And, and, and the uh, main point that Krishna is going to bring is that uh, Krishna, Krishna is the only way we can, we can do that. The, the supreme cause, the, the super cause, is the only way. We, because there's five causes. So in the, in the material um, concept, the knower, the knowledge, and the object of knowledge, that's all working within the modes of nature. But Krishna is saying, but wait, there's another cause. That's me. I'm the super cause. And in that way, he's helping Arjuna understand. So he's gonna, he, now he's going to get into how these work within the modes of nature, just with these uh, four, four factors. And then he's going to impel Arjuna at the end of Bhagavad Gita that if you take shelter of me, I'll help you. I have a question about that. And yeah. We're going to get into it, but so if my if I understand this, the super soul is actually working even if we're not aware of it, right? Yes. So this fifth thing is actually awareness of it, uh, awareness that it's already acting. Yes. Okay. Because he's allowing us to work within these modes of nature. Okay. You see. It's not that uh, Krishna is ever controlled by the modes of nature, but he allows us to be under, under their jurisdiction if we so choose. So if, if, if we so choose, we can be under the shelter of Krishna's divine energy, and if we so choose, we can be under the three modes of nature. Hare Krishna! So the second question Vengay um, Prabhu asks is, explain the example of a soldier Killing under the command of a senior officer. Does anybody remember this point? Okay. Yes, good. Um, if I remember correctly, killing under the supreme or, or killing under the direction of our superior would, would remove our karma for that action. Very good. Okay. Because it's given sanction. And and Papa said, just like if you go and kill a person, you're gonna be sentenced to murder and go to jail. Whatever that, the punishment for that crime is. But if you're in war and you're battling the enemy, sanctioned by the state for supposedly for protection, ideally, like in this case, then you're exonerated. Actually, you're seen to be a great, great hero. So, Krishna, remember also the beginning of this chapter, Krishna was talking about that renunciation doesn't mean ceasing activities because, because sacrifice, charity, and penance should never be given up. And so, um, you can see that um, there's something that has to be done. He says the soul is always active, is always working, and, and it's simply if we are in line with understanding our duty, Krishna's going to talk about duty, um, in, in line with, with Krishna's um, uh, laws, then we'll be not only exonerated, but we'll be elevated. So... <clears throat> So Arjuna is asking, you know, these very profound questions about um, how we can be renounced, not being entangled in karma while we act. Right. 
because like isn't there an action for every react a reaction for every action? So how do you act? What's the science of acting where well, there's no reaction and where there's elevation? Yeah. Question about sure. that. Um, this is this is always a point that that and I finally I, I think I've wrapped my head around it because this is a point I've always had because I'm so anti-war. <laughs> but because this is this is happening from Krishna and this is an, on a different type of level. This battle that's happening, that Ajarna is not wanting to be a part of, but inevitably it's his duty to do so. So, but this would be different, a lot different than it would be like you know us fighting a war in the Middle East or something like that. So, because we're although the similarities of I understand the 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 um, the example that was given that Prabhupada gave in the purport, but at the same time, you know what comes from our our you know government is not necessarily coming from Krishna. So the warriors that fight in those come back with PTSD and they come out with all kinds of problems because it isn't, in many ways, am I correct, sanctioned by Well, they could still come Krishna, back right? with the traumatic syndrome even if they, like for example, World War II. Mm-hmm. Germany could have taken over the whole world. Right. So the United States opposed them. But I mean, that's not the Bhagavad Gita, but that's, like we weren't the aggressors; we were just trying to save the world. You know? Right. So, so it's a little bit different than like Vietnam or. Yeah, know, but my, my point is is that that with this is like it's there's a reluctancy in 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 a journey of fighting this war, but yet this war is on a totally different type of plane of almost transcendental in a way. Okay, instead of on material. So that am I getting that right? That yes. that's there's the difference in that in that type of stage. So uh, there is a huge consequences on a material level and and karma that must be paid for that, even by the warriors themselves and by the people who instigated yeah. the wars. You know, well, right? Am I correct they, about that? That's why they said degradation starts at the top. Right. And so if you don't have a righteous uh, leader. Right. Society, then they're going to they're going to engage the citizens in nefarious activities. Um, with that being said, you know, like Krishna says in Bhagavad Gita, the, the intricacies of karma are very difficult to understand. So, what what level of karma are, are the soldiers incurring who are more or less innocent and they're just trying to fight for their country, but the leader happens to be evil? Um, I can't say exactly. Yes. I know I know that I know that in the Vedas it says that a warrior. Who dies in the battlefield will go to the heavenly planets, right? Um, because it's it's a sacrifice, it's yeah. a self-sacrifice, it's right. a selfless act. Gotcha. So I can't, I can't. Obviously, there's there's massive collective karma for engaging in materialistic wars, yeah. and they're horrible. Right. Um, but I can't say individually right. no, what no, each yeah. soldier's destination is because you know, Krishna Krishna sees beyond you know the externalities and, and he knows the hearts of people. Right. So. Well, I was just wondering, because you were mentioning about how warriors come back with PTSD, and mm-hmm. maybe for Arjuna's warriors, I'm wondering if if there's an appropriate level of atta- detachment, or, or a um, helpful level of detachment, somehow that would prevent them from being traumatized? I don't know. I'm not sure. I need to say something about that, too, because at that time, they're actually very gentlemanly, if, if that can be said about how they battled. Mm-hmm. Like, they didn't engage... like. In this, in the towns and villages, like the children and women were were far away from the battlefield, mm-hmm. so that type of generally like the PTSD probably mostly comes from seeing like innocent civilians 
women and children, you know, engaged in this, you know, horrendous um, warfare or, or casualties from that. Um, but in, in this particular time, they'd, they'd have a, they'd have a, a very chivalrous way of, of going about it. They'd have a designated battlefield at a designated time, and the warriors would fight one another like that. So, and also, wasn't that war only 18 days compared to you know, decades and years right, and years? Right. Yeah, yeah that, that's a good point, too. Like, imagine day after day, year after year, being in, in this environment mm-hmm. where these travesties are happening. So, right. Okay. Yeah. yeah I, was, I was always curious about that sort of thing. But also, there is no war in, in the spiritual world. Right. Like, in the material, Krishna's material, Krishna's spiritual pastimes in the material world, in this world, there's war. But in, in Vaikuntha, beyond the, the material energy, there is no more. So Krishna's acting in the role of Vishnu, who's you know, like the protector or the he's not really acting as Krishna in the role of like killing all of the demons. So he's ridding the earth of demons. Yes. And that's one of his roles as Vishnu. Yeah, so it's a completely transcendental pastimes. Right. Um, but but in Krishna's Boma Lila and his Lila in the material world, there's activities that don't go on in, in the Vaikuntha world. Right. So. Okay. <clears throat> so the third question he asks is in verses 20 through 28, Lord Krishna discusses three topics knowledge, action, and the performer or worker. Which of these three topics did you find to me most informative or, rele- or relevant? Why? Does anybody want to? Did anybody do this before? Yes. Um, it happens to be the same thing I, I made for my quote, too, so I guess I'm going to repeat myself. Okay. But, um, yeah, it was uh, in uh, verse 26. And uh, because I think we talked about this a little bit last week, and that, that had to do with, uh, and the verse says that one who performs his duty without association with the modes of material nature, without false ego, and with great determination and enthusiasm, and without wavering success or failure, is said to be a worker in the mode of goodness. So, again, the challenge every day of going into work, you know, uh, and and seeing that, but detaching from it, but yet being a part of it and doing your duty as well as you can, and and not being associate, you know, and associating yourself with it really, is the trick. I mean, it's work in progress, of course, but but you know, but um, this really hit me directly because of that reason. So, um, yeah, and it's, you know, so that's, that's the one I chose. Yeah. I chose the one following, um, which is the uh, on 27. The, the worker who is attached to work and the fruits of work desiring to enjoy those fruits and who is greedy, always envious, impure, and moved to joy and sorrow is said to be in the mode of passion. So I notice in myself working, you know, with families and kids that have trauma, I find myself be having a lot of joy and sorrow, <laughs> depending on where they're at, and so also a work in progress on how to detach from that and trying to understand how Krishna is the doer, and I don't have to have the you know, I, how do I be engaged and present but not in the mode of passion? So that's kind of my challenge. That, that brings me to the question: It's like, how do you how do you realize people suffering is their karma? but at the same time have compassion for them. Well, I mean, even though it's their karma, Krishna, he still doesn't like to see us suffer. 
So we should feel the same way. We, don't, we should. We should. We should have. A, we, should, karma. we should have a heart. Yeah. You know, like uh, like one thing that um, that was said about Arjuna in the first chapter was that Arjuna was soft-hearted, and he may not have been enlightened at that point. Yeah. But this was a prerequisite for for him becoming enlightened. Right. Like it's more difficult um, to to develop the symptoms of a deep affection for God when we when we're hard-hearted. Right. Right. Like so, like a soft heart, just like just like um, uh, like good soil, uh, yeah. seeds grow very nicely. So in the same way, like it's it's a good quality. Um, it's it's a mode of goodness quality. It's. Uh, it's a very nice quality to be yeah. compassionate and caring. Nice. So yeah. Well, all the devotees have compassion for people in the mode of uh, material modes. I mean, that's part of the job. You know, you're preaching and speaking about Krishna to inform people of the truth so they can get out of karma. I mean, that's pretty much one of the major things you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> and. Uh, so, I mean, by teaching them, instructing them, you're trying to lead them out of karma. You're trying to get them to see that. And Arjuna was never bewildered. Well, he's bewildered by yoga maya, not by maya maya. He's bewildered to make the pastime of Krishna happen. And the pastime is for him to recite the Bhagavad Gita. So when Arjuna is bewildered, he's bewildered as an eternal servant of Krishna by yoga maya as an example to us. And he, and he demonstrates to us what we're supposed to do, which is ask questions of the spiritual master. So he's actually performing like the process that we're supposed to emulate. But he's not doing it out of ignorance. Well, temporarily out of ignorance, only because yoga maya sits there and goes, oh, we're gonna bewilder him. Like in the stories of Brahma, yoga maya, bewilders Brahma. Brahma's not really bewildered. Brahma's enlightened from the beginning of time. You know, that process where he's sitting on the lotus, Krishna comes to him and gives him God-realization. He sees Krishna. He's, he's God-realized from the beginning. But occasionally he makes a mistake because he like forgets himself. But with all the divine people who make mistakes, they're doing it as an example us to emulate. They're not really trapped like we are. Yeah, so, so that's, that's the point. Yeah, the point is is that, like, yeah, you're, you're completely right. Like, Arjuna, and actually, all these persons that were incarnated, they were there for Krishna's pastimes in this world. But at the same time, Arjuna stands for Sarvajana. That means all people. So when we, when we see um, the, the transformation that happened with Arjuna, it's indicative to the spirit soul um, being enlightened by the spiritual master and ultimately taking up Krishna consciousness. And so this is, this is actually you know, a fact. It's a fact that in the mode of goodness, when somebody, they may not have transcendental compassion and empathy, but when they have, when they have that, it's a nice prerequisite. Like, mode of goodness is a springboard. It's said that it's a springboard for transcendental consciousness. And so Prabhupada specifically said that in the first chapter, he says, because he was a soft-hearted devotee, actually. And so because of that, um, he, 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 because of that feeling, he was able to ultimately transform that into what you are saying, which is the true compassion, which is giving people Krishna consciousness, helping them to stop the cycle of birth and death. Um, so that, that's like the pinnacle of, of real compassion, mm -hmm. is that, you know, we can, like, you know, 
teach, we can give somebody um, fish, but if we teach them how to fish, then they'll never be hungry. So in that way, like we can, you know, alleviate somebody from suffering for a day, but in, until we help them actually be free from um, the karmic wheel of suffering, then um, they're going to continue to suffer. So, so do you think this joy and sorrow would also be applicable to the person who has the job just about, oh, I like my job, I'm happy with my job today, or today, you know, my job sucks. I mean, that's, that's in the mode of passion, right? Right. I mean, so getting some detachment from, from our job and not, oh, I really like my job or I dislike my job. I think that's what I kind of got out of this. Or... Yeah, and you're going to see it with a different vision, just like our, our Juna did. Because at first he was saying, gosh, my, you know, my, my, my grandfather Bhijma and, you know, my teacher Dronacharya. And he was thinking all these things. But in the end he saw, he was enlightened to see, okay, Krishna has a plan. Krishna mm-hmm. has a, a good destination for yeah. them. And so in that way, like, we still are, are soft-hearted, but our, our, our spiritual uh, empathy awakens. And we see opportunities to give people Krishna consciousness. So... <clears throat> Okay, so I chose this one in terms of uh, which one do you find to be most relevant and informative. <clears throat> so this is, uh, I'm not sure which verse. I think this might be the 23rd verse, possibly. One who performs his duty without association with the modes of material nature, without false ego, with great determination and enthusiasm, and without wavering in success or failure, is said to be a worker in the mode of goodness. <clears throat> so Prabhupada says, a person in Krishna consciousness is always transcendental to the material modes of nature. He has no expectations. For the result of the work entrusted to him, because he is above false ego and pride, still he is always enthusiastic till the completion of such work. He does not worry about the distress undertaken. He is always enthusiastic. He does not care for success or failure. He is equal in both distress and happiness. Such a worker is situated in the mode of goodness. And so um, my uh, own thoughts on this is uh, when we see the solution, the counterparts are simply an aid to clarify the antidote and eliminate misunderstandings. Krishna contrasts the positive facts with the negative realities. So when we see the positive facts, such as this beautiful verse before us, it really pops out and illuminates us to how duty should be performed in the purified state. It also helps us see that we need to be elevated through the mercy of God to overcome the modes in which we are normally entrenched. So, I mean, Krishna stresses on this this point of goodness, and then Prabhupada um, often, you know, immediately ties it into you know, transcendental consciousness and working in that way. So, you want to share? So we're on the sharing of the yeah. quote here. Yeah, yeah same thing. Uh, the twenty-six uh, uh, verse, which I read. And so as far as the uh, understanding of that, pretty much it's right in the purport. I think you just read that. <laughs> yeah. um, but um, so, uh, and as far as the application goes, um, i just trying every day to, you know, to, as, I, as I go to work, you know, I, I have opportunities, you know, every single day I go into work to, to do that. And I watch my coworkers too. And most of them, of course, in the mode of passion or even ignorance, you know, with us because of that. And, of course, I float back and forth because sometimes you get caught up in their stuff and then you forget, you know. So I'm in a battle myself with that. But uh, especially because you don't have, 
you know, you're kind of, I feel sometimes I'm by myself right there, you know, because you have all these people around, there's no real association of devotees, there's nothing, I have to remember, and it helps, you know, to chant, you know, with my clicker, and to remember, always remember, you know, with everything, but yet still be engaged enough to, to be able to uh, help people and, and, and have that. Um, so, yeah, so that's the application of that, I think, is just, just keep on going with yeah, it, you know? Yeah. I like to recite um, this, the, the 26 qualities of a devotee, which um, develop in somebody who's engaged in Christian consciousness, <clears throat> just because it, it speaks to this point of, of, of compassion and, and the, the kindness that a devotee has. So, um, kind to everyone, equal and faultless, respectful and clean, simple and benevolent, free from dissension, peaceful and meek, compassionate and friendly, humble and mild, without material desires, regulated and self-controlled and sane, regulated in eating, silent and charitable, completely attached to Krishna, expert and poetic, Fixed in the absolute truth, steady and grave. So the first one is kind to everyone. So that, that's a that's a principle of generally with devotees, and you know it doesn't matter uh, where they are, either here or in the spiritual world. But generally, you know, devotees are are kind, and it also you know it sets a good example for you know Prabhupada's movement when we're we're kind, we're generally kind to people <laughs> and compassionate to people. Like one time, um, some some brahmacharis or uh, maybe they are even um, sannyasis who are with Bhattisiddhanta Sarasvati Thakur. Uh, they walk right past uh, some beggar begging for alms, kind of in a prideful way. And 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 Bhattisiddhanta Sarasvati Thakur, he chastised them and took out something and gave to this person. So because you're hard-hearted, how can you receive Krishna consciousness if you're hard? Not not that we should be giving a mundane charity, but time, place, and circumstances, the acharya can see into the heart of, of, of their disciples. They can also see into the heart of the person who was begging. Because in the West, it's much harder to know whether to give to someone yeah. who's begging. Yeah. In India, the person was probably genuinely hungry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so he did it to teach, you know, he teaches his disciples, like, look, you know, first you have to be, you have to have a, a soft heart, you know. Because <laughs> yeah. actually the impersonal path is, is very cold. Yeah. Very cold. And, and, and unfeeling, yeah. Yes. Austerities, though. I mean, actually, technically, we're doing austerities, you know. And austerities can make you hard, too. If you give too much. You, you give you up, and you don't really want to give up totally. So you get resentful. Mm-hmm. Also, probably had had another story, similar to your story. Supposedly, they were on a plane one time, and somebody was smoking. So some of the disciples got all bent on the shape that the people were smoking, and Prabhupada said, Told them to be tolerant. Exactly. You know yeah. that uh, you know they didn't yeah. have to get all worked up that something was smoking. Exactly. It was annoying them. Because we we've all been we've we've been uh, entrenched in these modes of nature uh, for many 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 lifetimes. So it was only by the mercy of Guru that we can sometimes you know be you know be situated in, in the higher platforms. So um, yeah. So you know we have to. We have to be caring and, 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 and empathetic. It's good. I mean, it's good that you're empathetic, you know. But at the same time, you know, realizing Krishna's in control, and, you know, that we can ultimately, 
hopefully, you know, give them Srila Prabhupada's books. You know, that would be the best scenario. Give them, give them the books and then try to encourage them to read, read Prabhupada's books. Yeah. Okay, you had something to share? No? Okay. I want to say one of the, yeah. the 26 that you read. I thought it was interesting that the devotee is silent. And it really takes a little thinking because, like, Generally, devotees, just like everybody else, they're not silent all the time. But I, from what I understand, the silent means that they don't talk about all kinds of nonsense. They talk about Krishna, devotional service, and related things. Yeah. And that's exactly how Prabhupada you yeah. know, reported that, is they only talk about topics of Krishna. So yeah, exactly. Silent to material topics, basically. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's good. The other thing I wanted to mention... Uh, when we were talking about compassion, I mean, this is an example of transcendental compassion. I, I heard this past time of Srila Prabhupada where he, he was having his morning walk and they were walking by a golf course and uh, he had never seen that in India, you know, golf and golf course. So when a uh, devotee was explaining to him, you know, about hitting the little ball into the little hole and Srila Prabhupada like teared up and he said, oh, wasting the human form of life. Yeah, a tear came to his eye. And I think it was Tamal Krishna Goswami. He was sitting next to him, and he just saw him looking out the window, and he saw a tear roll down his eye. <laughs> yeah. Because like Prabhupada genuinely cared. You know, he didn't come here to be, you know, rich and famous, like most of the gurus from the East came here. He came here to, to really help us, you know, to pull us out of this, this darkness of ignorance. You know, and I know, like, reading these different qualities of the modes of nature, I'm like, gosh, that's, like, totally me. Like, that's, that's this society. That's, that's the way I was raised and my, my mode of operating, you know. Like, you know, you know, so that's why, you know, it was stated that, you know, really when we chant and really, really call out for the mercy of the Lord. Because Krishna says earlier in the Bhagavad Gita that these material modes are impossible to overcome unless we surrender to Krishna. So that's why it's advised that, you know, we call out like a, a baby crying for their mother when we chant the holy name. Yeah. Does Prabhupada talk about the first, second, third class devotees in the Bhagavad Gita? He doesn't talk about, if you mean the Kanishta Madhyam Uttama, he doesn't specifically, as I understand, mention them. I may be wrong, but he talks about the 11th canto of Bhagavatam. Yeah. yeah, because, I mean, actually, you know, um, those, it's kind of, A more advanced concept, in a sense, that you know, the 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 kanishta or the beginner is the material devotee. He's still thinking materially. He's practicing, but essentially he's still material. And we call that namaparad, chanting without love. Now, namabas, which is the majamadikari, that's technically the one who's like really advanced enough that he's not really sinning anymore. You know, he's, act, he's not acting materially. Because sin or offenses is acting materially. That anartanavritti means to get rid of un, all unwanted things. Well, that's essentially all material things in the end. Because you have to do it all for Krishna. When you do it all for Krishna, it's no longer material. It's spiritual. But you can only do for Krishna what he wants you to do. You can't get mad for Krishna, really. Because he doesn't want you to get mad. So he doesn't want you to behave badly. So... And that majam, namabas, means the semblance of nam, or reflection. And then the udama anakari 
pseudonym, which is pure name, that's the, essentially the God-realized soul. So, and, and the one in the middle, the Majamadakari, is that the Christians have that idea of the dark night of the soul, <laughs> that, that time just before, it's almost like the time just before you become enlightened, you know, that you don't quite have it, God hasn't acknowledged you yet, but you're like doing everything you can to like please Him. And, and that's that middle stage. And technically, that the middle stage is what we're all striving for. I mean, technically, we're all still hung up in the different kinds of offenses. I mean, in some of the books, when you read all the offenses you can commit, you almost get, oh my God, there's so many offenses that you can commit that it's like, how can you not be committed to offense? You know, so you just kind of have to remain, you know, it's, it's determination and effort, you know, slowly plodding forward. And, you know, the teachings say it might not take one lifetime, it might take 10,000 lifetimes. And I, I see some people like to say it's going to take one lifetime. Well, you become a little humbler if you think it's going to take 10,000 lifetimes to get over. Because Prabhupada said if you want to advance quickly in Krishna consciousness, he says you have to stop sinning or committing offenses. And I don't think we really realize how stuck in ignorance we are. You know, um, you know, it's our false ego that doesn't like to admit that we're wrong. But there's a big concession in Kali Yuga, because in Kali Yuga, the stuff that you think in your mind doesn't get counted against you. Yeah, and uh, just your behavior and your words get counted against you if, you if you make offenses. So if you think something bad and you don't act on it, you don't get, you don't get the consequences. The other thing is, as far as being mad, Krishna has one exception. Like if somebody's blaspheming devotees or blaspheming your spiritual master, you're allowed to get mad. <laughs> he sanctions that. Yeah. So uh, devotees, they like to, you know, focus. There's actually different ways that uh, Kanisha, Madhyam, Uttama can be categorized. And so sometimes, you know, it's spoken of in terms of faith, like tender faith, to st stronger faith, to like unmovable faith. And then sometimes, you know, it's spoken of in terms of, you know, the chanting, like you were saying, and these are all correct. But one central theme that's also spoken in the, in the 11th canto of Srimad Bhagavatam, is how, uh, and this, this actually, Srila Prabhupada says, this actually determines, because he says the practice of Krishna consciousness is very powerful. And somebody who takes to this process, which is the, the purifying agent, this, this process that he gave us, is very powerful, like you were saying, it's the, it's the Yuga Dharma, it's, it's the purifier for this age. And he says, one can quickly, very nicely, make progress from the Kanisha to the Uttama. And, and, and Siddha Prabhupada actually said, he said, if you take to this process and, and you do as I instruct in terms of the sadhana practice of 16 chanting, 16 rounds, following the four regular principles, uh, I promise in this one lifetime you'll go back to Godhead. And Lord Jaitanya Mahaprabhu can do anything. And when he sees our sincerity and determination, he can also eliminate offenses very easily. But in this 11th canto of Srimad Bhagavatam, the central theme is actually how we deal with others. The central suppressing force of advancement is how we, like in the Kanisha stage, we disregard all others. In the Madhyam, we see God as the, the supreme love of our life, goal of our life. We see our God brothers and God sisters as friends. And we see uh, our Shiksha, Diksha Guru, persons we take shelter of, persons that will tell us about Krishna, who, who won't speculate, but who are engaged on the path and will tell us directly from the Acharyas, from Krishna, 
take shelter of them. And then we give shelter to those who are trying to come up. We want to help come up and, and, and plug into the, to the company. Yes. Yeah. And so then the Uttama, the Uttama you Nikaya. You the Kanishta was, you dismiss others? The Kanishta basically doesn't recognize that God is, is in everyone. He doesn't, yeah. he doesn't, he recognizes the deity, but he doesn't recognize uh, that the souls are, are important to God. <laughs> like he kind of dismisses others. Like I'm going to go well, to the deity. Yeah. And so, but the, the Uttama feels like, Uttama Dikari feels like I'm the lowest. He feels like, uh, actually there's nobody lower than me. Um, and, and, you know, I actually need the mercy of, of every soul who's dear to Krishna. So he sees everybody in their spiritual nature and he only thinks of himself to really be covered. So that's a very, very exalted platform. But Prabhupada, then, you know, then the Acharyas say, for, for the preaching movement, everybody has to come to the Madhyam platform. Because there has to be discrimination in terms of, like, who can I help bring up? And, and, and who should I take shelter of? And there has, to, there has to be a discrimination in how we deal with people in order to build the society. Yeah. But there must be some difference between the Uttama quote-unquote, coming down to the Majum level and the Kanista getting to the Majum level. It must be, I mean, I don't know what the difference is, but it must be really different. We create that mood and we try to, we try to help everybody to, yeah. to be in that, in that preaching spirit and that mood yeah. of giving and accepting shelter. Yeah. Like everybody needs persons who, who love them, who care for them, uh, who are, are dedicated on the path, who give us shelter. We all need that. And similarly, we need to give other, we need to be a shelter for others. So, like, if we create that uh, that culture and that environment in ISKCON, uh, then we can, you know, grow as a society. We can help really help people and take to the Krishna consciousness movement. Because also, like uh, Lord Chaitanya and and Srila Prabhupada, they both uh, talk about that we should all become guru. You know, we should all talk about Krishna to other people. You know? Yeah. Yari deke tarika Krishna Ubadesh. Amar gya guru hanatari indesh. He says, wherever you go, whoever you meet, tell them about Krishna. And this way become guru and liberate this land. So that's Lord Jaitanya's order. So you have to become guru. You tell people about Krishna, and that way you become guru. And you deliver them just by giving them what you've been given. So, yeah. <clears throat> So I chose um, 1823. That action which is regulated and which is performed without attachment, without love or hatred, and without desire for fruit of results is said to be in the mode of goodness. Purport. Regulated occupational duties as prescribed in the scriptures in terms of the different orders and divisions of society, performed without attachment or proprietary rights, and therefore without any love or hatred and performed in Krishna consciousness for the satisfaction of the Supreme, without self-satisfaction or self-gratification, are called actions in the mode of goodness. You see how Prabhupada intertwines goodness and transcendence. Like, like they go hand in hand. It's like an easy jump. See? So, as emphasized earlier in the Bhagavad Gita, everyone is controlled by the three modes of nature unless and until the Lord delivers them through his representative, the spiritual master. The Lord is the last word, Mahakarta. So Maha, remember, karta means doer. So Mahakarta is a name for Krishna. It means the supreme doer. Uh, there's a devotee I met in, in Pune, and he actually um, developed Sri Lanka. 
If you remember, Sri Lanka was where, uh, where Ravana was killed by Lord Ramachandra. So he actually um, has been preaching there his whole life. Actually, Prabhupada told him, he's an Indian body, he said, go and develop Sri Lanka, and he's been doing it his whole entire life. <laughs> so his name is Mahakarta. So that's a name, it means the supreme doer. So the Lord is the last word, Mahakarta, in terms of the factors of action. Generally, the living entity situated in the body utilizes his or her mind and senses in various endeavors. The Lord gives the facility and remembrance to pursue such endeavors. The mechanistic impetuses that propel the living entity to engage in various activities are knowledge, the knower, the soul, and the object of knowledge. Then, the doer, the soul, utilizes tools of action, the senses, to engage in a particular type of work, karma. This work is meant to reach the object of knowledge, which in this world is sense gratification. Srila Prabhupada here closely intertwines the modes of goodness with the next stage transcendence. Therefore, it is important for devotees to cultivate the mode of goodness as a status quo, although sometimes passion and ignorance can also be engaged in the service of the Lord. Such as, even the Sisko Swamis, they only slept two hours a night, but they still slept. Good point. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. <laughs> but still, this sleep is yeah. used in Krishna's service yeah. for, for recuperation. Um, and passion, sometimes we see passion, like sometimes devotees. And like Gurudev, he had a job uh, when he had a family, he, he raised a beautiful family, and he had a job doing insurance. So he said he had to get in the mode of passion, but then he would, he, would, he was like preaching at the same time, and he was giving all his money for these amazing projects in Krishna consciousness. So he used the mode of passion in Krishna's service. <clears throat> so application. So in general, it is best in my devotional life to be in the mode of goodness for preaching and outreach. Therefore, this verse is a good gauge for me to check in and see where I stand in terms of sadhana and lifestyle regulation working without attachment, love or hatred, and without desires for the fruits. If I am unregulated, if I am unregulated, that is for higher duties such as preaching. If I am attached, it's for the devotional duties. If I do love and hate, it's the Lord's mission that I love and demonic impediments that I hate. And if I do have desires for results, it's results to offer to Guru and Krishna. So like gauging, like, okay, maybe these things are there, but let them be transcendental. Um, so, I mean, we're always going to have, like, we're, we're, we're persons, and we have emotions, and Krishna's not saying to give them up, but he's, he's not saying to give up work, but he's saying, uh, here, do this, do this duty, and do this sacrifice, and, and ultimately, you'll be the true renunciate, because you'll give up the fruits of your work. When you give up the fruits to me, you're the real renunciate, not the person who just, uh, as he says earlier in the Bible, you know, lights no fire or performs no, you know, sacrifice. That's really interesting. Yeah. If somebody could be like really poor, but they could be really attached to the whatever tiny bit of amount of stuff they have. So there, there could be a situation where a really wealthy person is much more surrendered than the really poor person. Yeah. yeah. Like my patients that I work with uh, succeed in reaching their goals or don't succeed, that would that would also be a 
fruit of my work, correct? That's that's a duty of your, your work. Like that's your job to help this. You see, like a, a fruit would be, it would be a fruit of your work. Mm-hmm. So if if in helping them, you can offer them some way to Krishna, then yeah, that's true. Uh, so it would be the results of your duty, and then also the results of, uh, in terms of like monetary um, fruits. Okay, so if I'm not there in maybe multiple fruits from an endeavor. Right? Okay, if I'm not in a position though to, in any way that I can, explicit way share Krishna with them, it, so it would be a product of my work, but it wouldn't be something that I could offer to Krishna or. No, because you, you're you're offering your your duty to Krishna. My duty, okay. I mean, so that's like an intention of my heart. You might not always be able to, to preach Krishna consciousness in your, in your job. Mm-hmm. Like I might have you know, clients, when I, I'm, I'm also doing you know, duties in the world for my family. Right. Um, and I try to get opportunities to give them Krishna, but I can't guarantee I'm going to you know, have that opportunity. Um, although, if I represent any devotees um, who don't have Srimad Bhagavatam set, my closing gift to them is going to be installing a Srimad Bhagavatam. Mm-hmm. So we can try to find opportunities. <laughs> I do but, a sand tray therapy in, in, my, in my practice, so I have a ton of little miniatures that they can put in the sand tray. So I have a lot of Krishna and Vishnu and really? Saraswati. Oh, wow. Cool. I mean, we don't really talk about what it is, but they're still seeing it. Wow. So, you have to get show us a, send us a picture. Okay, I was. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Yeah. So, I mean, just do the best you can, but if you offer, you know, overall you offer what you're doing, you know, to Krishna. And, um, yeah, the same thing. Take any opportunity. I kind of look at them too, is that every one of those students that I help and everybody I'm helping is living entities just like me. So, you know, they have, they have their spirit soul and the super soul that's right next to them. So, in a way, you're serving. You know, if you keep that in mind, at least for me, that helps. You know, keep that in mind, I'm mostly serving. Krishna too, you know, so, I mean, it's just, you know, it, it's, it's hard sometimes when you're in the heat of it all that, to remember that, you know, oftentimes, you know, uh, with a student, it just, you know, we were closing and he didn't want to leave, which happens sometimes, you know, he was really frustrated and, you know, just was cussing us out and all this sort of thing. So it's hard to see that then, but you do see that, well, you know, like anybody else, we're all conditioned you know, conditioned minds, and we lose our way. So in a way, I kind of felt bad for him that he was feeling bad, you know, and that, you know, so that's kind of how you can turn that around a little bit even then. Just you being there, because you're a devotee, people actually get a get to people because you're carrying with you a, a spiritual uh, uh, vibration when you're there, even if you can't see Another thing is, which I need to be aware of, and, and I'm so preaching to myself here, is to try to always carry the stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh Prabhu, he offers some of these, um, he offers these caramel, like little caramel candies, something like more, maybe more natural. Like, um, so he always has some, some prasad in the gift. But one thing I do do generally is have like, books on me. Because if you know, when we're ready, if we, if we do need somebody, get some opportunity. Yeah. But yeah, you know, Gurudev told me that early on. If, even if you're just going through line at the grocery store, and because you're a devotee, they get some sushi. Yeah.
Krishna when they when they see anything to do with Krishna, like your neck beads or your japa beads or anything, they get sukriti yeah. also. Just seeing the yeah. face of a devotee. Tila. Just seeing a devotee, yeah, with Tila. Yeah. Just some statement, like, like super auspicious to see a devotee with Tila. So, I can't remember exactly what the statement is. Yeah. Very auspicious. Yeah. And on the other hand, seeing a materialist is said to be very auspicious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> seeing the face of a, of a materialist. Yeah. But, but we're a preaching movement, what can we do? We have to just surrender to Krishna and no hope protect us. Because uh, actually, Mother Ganga was asking Krishna, one of the Puranas, she was saying, gosh, Kali Yuga is coming, and, and people are going to be coming bathing and leaving their sins here. We're going to be overburdened with sins. And Krishna said, don't worry. He said, actually, at that time, there's going to be so many devotees coming and taking bath in you that they're going to alleviate you from all these sinful reactions. So predicting Vajetanya uh, and, and his followers. So... Yeah, that purifying potency of, of the holy names is, is uh, just unfath- unfathomable. So, like we're in a protective bubble when we go in hard now. <laughs> There's so much going around, going on around us. Yeah, and tomorrow I'm meeting with a uh, young friend um, that I used to live next door to, and he's always been a very stout atheist. But he's gone through a lot of changes in his life, and he's been listening to the radio show actually, because you know, and uh, so he's now he's got all these questions about God. So he's he's saying, well, you know, so I'm going to meet with him tomorrow and bring him a Bhagavad Gita and you know, sit down and talk with him. So that's that's really nice. Yeah, I'll bring some prasadam for him too. So you should bring that. What's that one magazine that the this guy has all about? Uh, Scientific proof for, for Krishna or for or origins? Yeah, you should bring him one of those. You yeah. have those? Yeah, yeah remind me. I can get one. Okay, yeah, That's really good for giving to atheists. Oh, okay. For more scientists. Origins? origins, yeah. I actually have to make another order of those. So. Okay. You all joining us on the Nam tonight? Okay. All right, well, a little early, but does anybody have anything else to discuss? Who's that picture that you must have got that's Krishna. Oh, I didn't see it. Okay. Yeah, that's from that's from our altar. That's oh, Ma- okay. that's Madhava. Yeah. yeah. So. <laughs> so I get purified when I look at my photos. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Krishna's like, remember me. Remember me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'd put him right there, so my mind like. Yeah, there was a couple people. Awesome. There was a couple people this week, even at. School that came up and you know they saw it and they says, "I've not seen you at Govindas before," you know, and then it created an opportunity. He says, no, "What exactly? You know what what goes on over there exactly?" So again, opportunities are presented and Krishna brings people, yeah. and you get an opportunity to talk to them. I got to be a little careful, actually, at work given books, but but I can I still bring some with me. Because I, I walk, you know, quite a bit. So put it, put it in their back pocket. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and there's actually was a devotee I've never. Uh, this happened uh, the semester before I got cancer, but it was a devotee that came in and brought all uh, brought a perfect uh, perfection of yoga, uh, brought a, a little books, you know, chant and be happy. I've never seen them before. Never seen them around here. I don't know who they were. So, but. Uh, yeah, it was it's really interesting how many people. Yeah, have so it was kind of interesting to see that happen. Maybe they haven't read them, but they, so many people have. Yeah, yeah, and some of the and some of the uh, 
and definitely drawn drawn Kunti beads and everything. But the and then some of the devotees that come here, some of the Indian devotees have been students over there that I've helped out. So you know, so one of his husband and wife, and they came over and says, hey, "You saw my my uh, my beads?" And he goes, "Hey, you know." You're like part and parcel about this. Yeah, so, so in that way, yeah, we are constantly, always yeah. representing and preaching, even by our presence. Yeah, definitely. You know, so that's yeah, good that's to always good. remember. Uh, a couple of co-workers said, oh, we saw you dancing on the corner. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> and I, I felt, uh, you know, I've been waiting for this to happen, but I felt totally unprepared of what to say, or I, I just, I actually felt kind of nervous, you know, because I don't know if somehow... I'm endangering myself with my license and stuff. I, I don't know. Just um, I'm not sure, but I, I need to come up with something to say because I know other people are gonna remark that they saw me. I just don't know what to say that's not crossing a just, line at work. Just say I'm, you're just say you're, you're doing a meditation practice. Okay. You're trying to share with. Yeah. yeah. There's really no danger for your license. That's like the perfect lawsuit. If they took away your license for <laughs> yeah, that's expressing your religion. They wouldn't yeah. have a like to stand on. Academia is academia. Yeah. Yeah. something way. that would be yeah. big news yeah. to Also, just tell the truth. I did. I oh, said yeah. I'm hanging out with the Hare Krishnas. That's what I said. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's truthful. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I don't know if it was very profound what I said, but I that's what I said. Sometimes I, I like to say not that I not not to hide anything, but like say words that they immediately like because people they're on the platform of accepting and rejecting. Yeah. Whatever comes to their mind, but if you say something that, that they resonate with. Just in the very beginning, they like Prabhupada said, in like a needle, not like a plow. Yeah. Sometimes I'll say, oh, you know, this is like ancient meditation. Like, oh, I like meditation. You know, because immediately if they think something like religious, sectarian, if their mind goes there, yeah. they immediately discount you. Right. You see what I mean? Because okay, Prabhupada, he didn't want us to present ourselves like a sectarian religion. Because mm-hmm. we're not, we're, we're, we're a, a spiritual science to, to re-spiritualize mm-hmm. the whole world. Yeah. So. Okay, meditation practices. I thought your answer was better. I mean, it was just honest. I mean, you've yeah. you got nothing to hide. You don't really have a need to hide. Yeah, but I, I, I know there's a stigma attached to the Hare Krishnas, you know, and I, I don't want to. I want to have a little there's bit of There's a stigma attached to everything in the world. True. But I would like to have something that's a little more kind of engaging, you know. Like, I, I kind yeah. of, I could say I was hanging out with the Hare Krishnas. We have a meditation practice. That sounds like... True for me. Just if their mind goes to sectarian religion, then immediately they can they discount it. Mm-hmm. So I, I mean, my purpose isn't to like try to make like a good like reputation mm-hmm. for myself or what I'm doing. It's more like to spark their interest. Mm-hmm. So then hopefully I can give them a book or or teach them. A, I can, or I can teach curious. I can teach them the meditation practice. Hey, you want to learn the meditation practice? But don't overthink it because you know you're thinking about what they're thinking about. You don't need to think about what they're thinking about. You're, you're overthinking it there, you know. Oh, some people do this. Well, you don't know if that person's doing that. Do you know what I'm saying? Well, do it, whatever, whatever works. Like it says. It says you uh, never know what works. You just do what you do. You know, that's what life is about. There, you do what you do. There's a quote, and I can't remember, but, it, but basically somehow or other, help people, you know, take a Krishna consciousness. So, I mean, we, we, we practice and we try to, we try to find ways. Like Prabhupada was trying to find ways you know, to reach the Westerners. And, and so he would encourage, like, these programs, like, they would do programs, uh, almost like a rock concert type thing. Yeah, uh, to, to attract people, like, Allen Ginsberg would be speaking. You know, so, so doing things to find ways to, to attract people. So many people have come from this uh, band shelter, 
Shelter is a devotee, the lead singer, singer is like an initiated devotee, but they're a very, very popular rock band. So a lot of people from that scene have taken interest in Krishna consciousness. Actually, these couple that moved here, they're Radhaswami disciples. They, not, they didn't move here, but they opened up Baba Wellness Center. He, Damodar, he came from Shelter, from the band Shelter, because he was part of that scene, and he just, like, they were his idols. I have another suggestion. Pray to Krishna that you don't feel anxious when yeah. somebody asks you about Krishna. Right. That's something you do for yourself. Yeah. And then you don't worry about what they're doing. Right, because that's that is what happened. I felt really anxious. Yeah. So yeah. you need to improve that. I mean and you you know, that's because it's new. it was uncomfortable because it was new. It was unfamiliar. But it gets easier every time. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Just have, have them so that implies that you want to try to help them, that's all. Some, some, somehow or other, just have, just have the mindset that you want to try to help them. Yeah, I, I've had the same feelings concerned about you know people seeing me chanting on the corner. You know, I have the same because I'm a real estate agent. You know, so I've had the same concerns. Okay. It reminds me of one thing that Jesus Christ said. He said, "If you are ashamed of me, I will be ashamed of you before my Father." Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. Practice makes perfect. Yeah, every once in a while, I'll, I'll, uh, since I change my way to work, and then I'll go in, you know, and I, I find myself oftentimes going right in the middle of the lab, and there I am still chanting on my on my rounds on my with my bee bag, you know, my job bag. So I've had no comments at all, except one. When a tutor said to me, he says, are you meditating? Right away. It was just that. And I said, yeah, mantra meditation is what I'm doing. He goes, oh, okay. And that was it. You know, so, but academia gets, they're really picky. You know, I'm, I'm, you know, employees actually got in trouble for displaying a cross on their, mm-hmm. on their, on their computer station. You know, I mean, it's just, so they're very choosy about that because it's a, it's a multi-diverse sort of culture. So you don't want to offend anybody, but at the same time, even with holiday decorations, they're so funny now, you know, with that type of stuff. So again, I think if you just, you know, if, if, if you just do what you do, you know, and usually people have a generic way of looking at it, you know, and then you most have an opportunity people, to preach, too. Most people actually look at it positively, in my experience. Yeah. I haven't got, I mean, I've been doing this, you know, I've been living here maybe almost seven years, and I rarely have negativity for, for what I do. Rarely. Most people just admire someone who lives according to their principles, you know. Even if they don't understand what you're doing, they like, they admire the fact that you're like, Walking your talk, you know. Yeah. yeah. You know? And it's an, it's intriguing and it's actually attractive and, and, and yoga is extremely popular. Like we're trying to rebrand, like on campus we have this big tin and it has right on top big Hare Krishna, right? But then on the back it says yoga, big yoga meditation. So that when people think of yoga and meditation, which is extremely popular all over the world now, they think Hare Krishna. Like Hare Krishna should be like the go-to um, organization a group of people who teaches, you know, genuine yoga meditation. So, the Buddhist mind, mindfulness is popular these days. Yeah, so oh, yeah. Buddhism is really popular. That's why, if we, if we, if we are able, based on like the power of our philosophy, and the power of you know the way Sri Prabhupada presented Krishna consciousness, to share with the yoga community, uh, with with spiritualists, that like, this is the most powerful type of meditation. That's available is the meditation that's that's uh, that's prescribed in the ancient Vedas, 
for meditation. So they start thinking, when they think Hare Krishna, like, these guys really know, like, what meditation is. These, they really know what yoga is. And so in that way, like, we become the, the go-to persons for yoga and meditation. So... Well, it's yeah. important. It's important that that people, especially people, young people, and people who are new to uh, spirituality, it's really important that they're exposed to devotees, because if they're not, they're going to just have all these impersonal ideas, you know. Yeah. Okay. Jai. 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 Jai